Jason Cripps has been good enough to join us. Dave Matthews, the CEO of the Giants, also not far away. But Jason Cripps has been good enough to have a chat after a pretty successful trade period for Port Adelaide, even though it did go down to the wire. They desperately needed a couple of key defenders. They got a couple of key defenders. They desperately needed a ruck, and they got two. So Jason Cripps should be pretty happy with his night's work last night. Welcome to you, Jason. Great to have you on. Afternoon, Dwayne. It probably wasn't a night's work. Uh, how much work did you put into Radicalia? Two years' worth? Uh, yeah, all, all, all four players. Uh, it's certainly been a, a long process, and sometimes they uh, each each player can, got their own journey and can take a little bit longer than the other one. But uh, yeah, we're really pleased that uh, the plans that we had in place have come to fruition. Just The Cats just wanted that extra little one kicker at the end of the draft thrown in? Yeah, well, that was always the case. Once I mean, we presented that pick to them uh, the first day of the trade period. Uh, we anticipated they were going to hold. Uh, we, we were confident, though, that that was going to uh, be good enough to get the deal done in the end. And uh, pleasingly, we're, we're, we're wrapped that Asava is a Port Adelaide player. So you always were secretly confident? With the pick for Asava? Yeah, about getting the, the Asava deal done. Yeah, we were. Look, it certainly makes it a little bit easier when the player's out of contract. Uh, it, was, it was obviously challenging last year when, when Asava was contracted, but we, we felt this year out of contract and uh, we, we really valued that that pick was going to be good enough um, in terms of you know Asava's career up to this point. He, he played 20 games out of a possible 48 over the last two years. And you know obviously Geelong are a great, great club, great team, and obviously it was difficult for him to play consistently every week, but it was it was pretty evident that he, he wasn't in their best 22. Brandon Zirk-Thatcher took you a while, though, didn't it? The Xavier Dersma, Brandon Zirk-Thatcher swap that you obviously wanted a bit of a kicker added to? Yeah, look, we did. And, and that was a, another interesting dynamic because it's it's not often you've got a player-for-player a player direct swap. And uh, Essendon and Adrian Dodoro were, were adamant for a long time, probably right up to 7 o'clock last night, that it needed to be a, a direct swap. Uh, you know, obviously Xavier contracted, uh, Brandon wasn't. Um, so we just felt there needed to be a little bit more come our way, which, again, we're, we're pleased with the result in the end. So the pick 73 that ended up coming your way, I presume you believe there's going to be something worthwhile for you late in the draft as well. There seems like a few of those late draft picks, which in previous seasons haven't been used, are now of a bit more of a value all of a sudden? Well, we think that pick 73 in, in this draft, look, what we're faced with at the moment is, is compromised drafts. Obviously, the the Northern Academies are becoming really you know, successful. There's a lot of father-sons and NGAs, and this year's draft is significantly compromised, and there's obviously a lot of clubs that have points attached attached to picks, and once those bids are made, then, then picks will disappear. Um, and, and we've also got a feeling that there's probably not a lot of depth to this draft and in terms of live selections. You know, we're anticipating there's probably only 50 to 55 uh, live picks, so we're, we're anticipating that, that 73 will, will come into the 50s. Okay, which is an interesting... So where does it compare? Because you're the guy with the eye. Where does it compare to recent drafts, do you think? Yeah, look, we, like all clubs do, we, we spend an enormous amount of time on future drafts, just not the draft in the current year. And, and, and we thought this draft, which again, is probably proven to be true, that there's that top six or eight, you know, the three Gold Coast Academy boys are, are elite talent. Um, you know, there's some the father-sons as well, but... There's six or eight really elite players, and then and then it probably falls away a little bit. Um, yeah, we're just not sure how much depth 
is in this draft. But again, um, you know, you go through historically every draft, you know, you always find players that are capable of playing 100, 200 games from pick 20 onwards. So we're happy to have a look at that. But yeah, we, we did come into this year's draft thinking that um, there, there may be a challenge with, with the depth after the, the top six or eight. So you don't have a pick, Port, until pick 73. So you're probably the best person to ask because you're not going to get Harley Reid at pick 73. <laughs> give, give me your top three in the draft if you had one of the top three picks. Oh, I think, yeah, look, I mean, Harley is an elite talent. There's a, there's a lot of guys at that top end. You know, Walter, the Gold Coast key forward. Um, you know, Xavier Dersma's brothers, an elite talent. You know, Nick Watson, small forward. Um, you know, there's McKercher from, from Tasmania. So there's a lot of elite players at, at that top end. And I guess it, it, one of the one of the fortunate um, uh, positives of, of, of not having an early pick, Dwayne, as you know, it means we've finished somewhere higher up the ladder. Um, hmm. And we did the trade last year uh, for Jason Horn Francis, which you know the way it's looking at the moment was probably pick nine last year, and it could end up that could end up being pick eighteen or nineteen this year by the time that pick slides out. So, you know, we're really comfortable now with how that trade um, is starting to look, and obviously what what Jason was able to do in his first year with this year, we we thought he was exceptional um, based off the fact that he actually did no preseason, he had significant surgery at the end of last year and didn't really start training till uh, late Jan, February. So we're excited what he's done and, and probably in some ways for us justified the deal we did with trading out this year's future first. So how good do you think he can be? Because you've had your eye on him for a long time, even prior to him going to North Melbourne, given he was playing in SA. Uh, he had a really, really good second season. I think his Brownlow numbers prove that, although there's a lot of people that still want to doubt him. Where do you see him at? Uh, Jason, because he does have a massive upside, doesn't he? Well, I think the easy answer to that he was he was he was pick one for a reason, um, and and everyone uh, would see that he's a generational talent. I think everyone in that draft, you know, him and Nick Dake, him and Nick Dacos were the two standouts. Um, obviously, very different players, but uh, look, Jace has enormous growth and upside on his game. Really pleased with the second half of his season this year, and there was a level of maturity and some more consistency. Um, within his game, but he's just got enormous growth, um, and, and, and he's a pleasing part for us. He's he's very coachable. Um, he's willing to learn. He's willing to take feedback, and we're just excited with what what it might look like into the future. Because I, I know it's different to Toby Green, but Toby Green had rough edges, and now we regard Toby as one of the best leaders and probably with the best player in the comp. Yeah, and I think those guys have have a real key ingredient, don't they? Where they're, they're they're competitors, uh, and they and there's a will to win, and and Jace has again displayed this year, you know, along with that, whether other midfield guys with you know Connor Rosie and and Zach Butters, you know, that's we're, we're going through a transitional period, which we're, we've stated with our midfield, and you know, Travis Boak selflessly playing other roles. Wally Wally Wine this year um, was was hampered by injury, but he was able to play other roles. But um, and and Willem Drew also, so we're we're really confident. Um, with that midfield group we've got, and and all those guys have that you know that ingredient you're talking about, similar to Toby Green, that there's there's a will to win, and and they want to be great, and they want to win. Did you sit back with your head in your hands a couple of times this year, thinking oh, we definitely needed a key defender, and we didn't get one for Ken last year, especially in the finals? Was that a was that glaring for you for a while? Yeah, look, it's something we've we've spoken about. Um, I mean, it's what every club does. You, you go through it regularly, uh, assessing 
where your gaps are now, where what, what are they going to look like in the future, and 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 that can that can change based on players surprising you with the, their development or you know going the other way where they've regressed quicker than you thought, and especially players where we had you know some players that were, were getting close to thirty. You know, Tom Jonas has retired. Um, we weren't sure you know, how much we were able to get out of Tom this year. Tom Cleary um, was another one who would have been you know really important for us, but unfortunately he was injured. Um, and, you know, obviously Trent McKenzie with his ankle. So the mm. two areas that we're most vulnerable in were our key backs and rucks. And unfortunately, the two areas where we had significant injuries um, for the majority of the year were our key backs and rucks. I think I think all our key backs and rucks on our list actually missed games with injury. So, yes, it was a, it was a need that we were wanting to address. But the players that we had in those roles this year, unfortunately at different stages of the year were, were hampered by injury and that, and that probably had an impact on, on the results on the weekend. So having a number one ruck, and Ivan Zott, I presume he, he is the number one ruck round one, even though you do still have Scott Lysette on your list? Yeah, and we've obviously brought in uh, Jordan Sweet. Um, yep. you know, Jordan Sweet's 206 and Ivan Soto's 204, so it was important that we added some some ruck depth and you know we look forward to, to those guys, you know, all... All challenging each other to be to be the number one ruck. Um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, we've we've got that midfield group, and we thought that it was important that um, we're able to increase our, our ruck depth, which which we've been able to do. So, why didn't the dogs play Jordan Sweet? I know he's from SA, and you didn't just get him back because he's from SA. So, do you think the dogs underplayed him? I think there's one really obvious reason. Dwayne he was stuck behind a really hmm. good ruckman in uh, Tim English, uh, who is all Australian. Um, obviously one of the best ruckmen in the competition and, and he's quite durable. So it was really hard for Jordan to get opportunities. He's 25, he's only played 10 games, but he's, he's certainly improved his ruck craft. Um, he's improved his overall fitness levels. He was excellent in the second half of the year this year in, in the VFL, probably one of the most uh, best-performed ruckmen across the country, to be honest, who wasn't playing AFL. So he's in that spot now where he's, he's 25, he was looking for opportunity, he was he was stuck behind a, obviously an elite ruckman and uh, you know he saw that there was obviously going to be greater opportunities at, at Port Adelaide. And I don't want to put grand final or premiership victory as being the pass mark for you, Jason. But this does look like it's a it's a list like Brisbane's that allowed them to go a step further this year. That hopefully uh, for Port Adelaide fans and for Ken Hinckley especially is good enough to allow Port to go one or two further. Well, that's what we're aiming for, Dwayne. You know the history of our football club. We're, we're about preparing a, a list and a group to try and play finals every year and challenge for a premiership. We're about winning now. We're about winning later. And, you know, we're pleased that, you know, we've finished top four, three of the last four years, albeit, you know, we didn't, the season certainly didn't finish the way we like this year. We'd, we'd like to think we're in a position again that we're going to be able to be challenging for finals and hopefully finish as high up the ladder as possible. But, you know, I think we saw this year, it's a, it's, it, the competition's never been more even. You, you know, you generally do need luck. You know, I think if you look at the teams, you look at Brisbane and Collingwood towards the end, the teams, GWS, a great example. Um, you need to be healthy. You need your best 22-23 on the park, um, 100% fit, 100% healthy. Um, but, yeah, look, we, we think we're in a position to um, certainly challenge again, but we will need some luck with, uh, with, our, with our health and our fitness. Will you have a crack at Harrison Petty down the track? Well, we certainly will if he wants to come home. Um, we didn't think that was achievable 
this year, obviously being being contracted. Um, but uh, that you know, all, all South Australian players, us obviously, and Adelaide Crows, um, obviously monitoring their situation, whether in contract or or out of contract. Um, you know, obviously both clubs have had success in recent times of some of the South Australians coming home. So. Any talented South Australian that's uh, looking looking to come home, we'd, we'd certainly like to be in the discussion, that's for sure. Congratulations on a great uh, trade period, Jason. You've done well and you seem to do well most years. Uh, congratulations on that. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Dwayne.